it just depends on your model. There's no sort of one size fits all. So it's really dependent on where you want to see yourself in the future that you have for the business and just what appeals really. Do you enjoy getting behind the scenes and running a web server and running your marketing campaigns and all of that? Or are you just interested in the high level stuff, just pushing products through a platform that already has the audience? Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SingSpider. Hello and welcome to another Ecom Ops podcast. Today I'm talking to James and uh, yeah, we're going to talk today about online marketing, search engine optimization, advertising. So this is really a great topic. I love it. Welcome to the show, James. Hi there, Norbert. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, great to have you. James, tell me a bit about yourself. How did you came into that topic and why, especially in e-commerce? Yeah, so for me, it all began back in sort of 2006. I was freelancing in London and in between gigs, I was looking for ways to earn a bit of income. Freelancing, dropshipping came up as one of the options. And I just jumped on it. It just seemed like an exciting way to earn a bit more money, help my situation out. And yeah, the bug bits and absolutely learned everything possible online about email marketing, drop shipping, how to grow an online business, all of that. And yeah, launched a couple of e-commerce businesses there, grew them, subsequently sold them, then moved back to South Africa and launched my main e-commerce website, my, my sort of my baby, as if I can call it that. And that kept me busy for the next 13 to 14 years. I sort of grew that steadily into a seven figure business and was then able to sell that and uh, yeah, moved to Europe. Portugal, and subsequently joined a supplier to food tech companies called Wear Your Brand and became the, the head of e-commerce for them. So it's been a sort of a colorful journey, but I've stayed true. Oh, yes. Stayed tr Serial <laughs> entrepreneur, <laughs> always growing businesses, selling them. That's Really great. Yeah, thank you. And I've, I've stayed true to the, uh, to the course of e-commerce. So that's always been my interest. That's where my passion lies. And yeah, what more could I ask for? I get to do this every day of my life and it's just a great space to be in. It's only getting better. Yeah, cool. You have really a great extensive background in, in those search engine marketing and ads around e-commerce. Can you share some maybe lesser known but effective strategies for optimizing shopping ads? I have to give it to Google. They've created a, a product called Performance Max, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's an all-encompassing advertising platform that they offer where it's especially tailored for e-commerce businesses because you can set up your merchant account. You can get all of your product feeds pushed into Google ads platform. It then creates all of the ads that you need for, for those products. So it's really sort of aimed at e-commerce sellers. And I think people are a little bit scared with machine learning. They're either all for it or they're a bit worried given that Google's kind of mandate is to extract as much 
money from you as an advertiser as possible. And uh, you obviously need to make sure that your cost per acquisition is as low as possible. So there's a conflict of interest there. But Google does a really good job of, of doing that, but still keeping your costs low. And it just gives you all of the flexibility and all of the tools that you need to effectively market on their platform. And as we know, like Google is still number one in terms of searches. If people aren't on Amazon, they're on Google making those searches for those products. And that's where you can present your products from your e-commerce store. So I'd have to say Performance Max from Google Ads is a good one. Cool. This is what I've, I've read recently. I think around about 60% of all product searches start at Amazon. That sounds about right. And 40% on Google. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. And that's really interesting. It's on Google still a huge portion of the entire cake, which is great. But if you're not on Amazon, is this something that you should look into to also sell your goods on Amazon or... Do you think, no, it's better to keep it in the store and make a good advertising around that? It depends on your business model. Amazon, of course, it has the, the audience. It has massive reach. It also simplifies the logistics quite a bit. You can have a single business registered with them, a single profile, and they will put your stock in all of the most relevant warehouses across Europe or United States or wherever you want to operate. They determine the best kind of warehouse based on sort of order volumes and that sort of thing. So if you're looking for to launch and get the product out there and you don't want to worry too much about all the intricacies of running your own brand, running your own website, server hosting, marketing, all of that. If you just want to sell product, then Amazon is probably a good approach, approach to take. Although they do have very strict requirements for you to be able to sell on their platform. You need to have very specific sizes of boxes and there's certain limitations, which of course you have to be in line with, but they do have the audience. So that's it. You can hit the ground running and start selling from day one, as opposed to running your own e-commerce store where there's the branding element behind it. You've got to set up the website. You've got to import the products. You've got to make sure everything looks good. You've got to make sure the performance is there, that the website is loading quickly. It's it's checking all the, the requirements for Core Web Vitals and all of the Google metrics that are important for ranking. Yeah. All of that is it needs to be going on at the backhand, in the background. And that might mean you need to hire other people as well, specialists, consultants, that sort of thing. So it just depends on your model. There's no sort of one size fits all. So it's really dependent on where you want to see yourself and the future that you have for the business and just what appeals really. Do you enjoy getting behind the scenes and running a web server and running your marketing campaigns and all of that? Or are you just interested in the high level stuff, just pushing products through a platform that already has the audience? At the end, we are all interested in the money later. It does play a big part. Yeah. There is a lot of passion, of course, involved. When you build up a store and you want to succeed with your right. product, there is love, there is passion, there is there are ideas that you want to present. And I think it doesn't matter if it's only your website or different kind of marketplaces where you're listed in. If you want to bring your product to the audience, to the buyers, there is a reason for that. And it's not just money, it's a lot of other things. Yeah, and I, actually on Amazon, there are more models. And what you explained, thank you so much, is the FBA model, fried by Amazon, where you put the products in their warehouses. But of course, you can also ship your goods from yourself and just use the marketplace, which lands back to your store typically. And 
where I need to fulfill the orders. Let's focus again a bit on, on the stories of everyone else's building search engine optimization. Is there anything that, that e-commerce store owners maybe are commonly overlooking or easy fixes that they could do to make their visibility a bit better? Sure, yeah, it's quite an important one. I think e-commerce website owners might skip over this as one of the uh, kind of marketing channels that, that they should be looking at. And I think because it has such a, a long-term strategy is needed to see results, it, it can take anywhere from four to six months to, for a campaign to fully materialize and you need to start seeing the traffic. It can take as short as three weeks. So there is, really, if you have all of the fundamentals in place, it, it can happen quite quickly. So I would say the most important elements would be to give SEO a bit of focus. It is such a huge traffic generator. And although it might be costly upfront, the long-term benefits far outweigh the, uh, the upfront cost and the short-term uh, expense of it. And if you were to focus on sort of two things in SEO, I would say getting high quality backlinks as a number one priority and also content. There's no point in having those backlinks if the content is not relevant to the audience. It's not engaging. They're not going to spend the time looking at the first article you present to them or the second one or subscribing to your email list if you don't have engaging and well thought out and problem solving content. So try and put your yourself in the, uh, the shoes of your reader and uh, and solve problems for them and put that on your website as an article. And uh, yeah, you would do well to do that. It's not only a think about the search engine optimization if you have qualified content on your website. It's also some kind of trust that you are generating when you have vis visitors and they really see, okay, this company understands my problems or my questions and they have an answer for that. And it gives you also the possibility to put yourself as an expert in that specific niche to generate more sales, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the frameworks of, of Google and their algorithms is the expertise, the authority and the trustworthiness. That's one of the things that, that they look at. And if you can check all of those boxes, they then start to say, hey, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. The users are engaged when they're on their website. They also repeat the visits. They go back and they also use a direct link as a signal to Google. So if you're typing in the email address into your address bar, that is a signal to Google that, hey, these guys are doing something right. So all of that plays a big part. Yeah. And one thing, I'm not sure if this is still the truth, but as far as I remember, it was in the past. Search engine optimization and search engine mar marketing, they go, let's say, hand in hand. The better your site is optimized, the cheaper the campaigns actually are because of the bit. You get a higher page score once the site is optimized better. And the page score has an influence about the costs, actually. Isn't it something like that? I mean, there is, there is there's not necessarily direct links. I think Google's made it very clear that there isn't a direct correlation to sort of money spent on ads, if that'll translate to organic search visits as well. Because I think, as you can imagine, the, the account with the highest marketing budget would then also have the highest organic search traffic.
But of course, yeah, the technicals and the page speed, that is definitely a contributing factor to, to higher mm-hmm. rankings. As we know, you have two seconds to, to keep a user. That's when the drop-off starts. After those two seconds, if your website is still loading or you're still loading elements, they're losing interest by the microsecond after those initial two seconds. So if you aren't able to just your websites, your page can't load in two seconds, the likelihood of them bouncing after that is gets higher with each second. So speed is, is a huge factor in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something that we all need to work on our sites, especially when we look at the Google metrics, how they are measuring that. And when you see those sites that have a low performance, seriously, when you are visiting such a site, are you there or do you go away pretty fast and expect the same behavior from others? Exactly. Yeah. And there's just so much choice and option on the internet these days that your competitor is just a click away. So why do they need to wait around and and what's what you have to show if your website is taking too long to load? And The other topic, so we have, you said, uh, backlinks are important. I sometimes hear backlinks are not important anymore from this kind of group and from the other kind of group that, you know, backlinks is the key to success. What's the reason? Backlinks are, to Google, somebody has taken the time to to put up a link to link back to you. So to them, that link, and obviously this plays into the authority and the trustworthiness and the expertise of that, that site where the link is originating from. So if they've built up an audience, they've passed all of those Google tests, they've jumped through all of Google's hoops, you could say, to get to that point where they have that that domain ranking of a certain amount. If they then link to other websites, that tells Google that they trust these websites enough to create a link to them. So it's very hard to get these high-quality links. And it I would say it's not about the number of backlinks because you can get like a backlink service for a couple of hundred dollars and you can get hundreds of directory listings. You can get hundreds of sort of comments from blogs and all of that. It's not about the quantity. It's more about the quality. So you can do exceptionally well with maybe two, three, four, five high quality backlinks instead of two, three, four thousand backlinks from low page rank sites. So the quality of the backlinks is more important than the, uh, the quantity. And how do I get those backlinks? Isn't that a quite hard job? It's a very hard job. And that's why it's rewarded so well is because it's an incredibly hard job. It's it, And that plays into creating quality content. So it's content that is relevant. It's content that is engaging. It's content that stands out, that's unique. And you'll find that if you create that, other websites will link to that because they see the value in it. Your users might link to it as well if they have their various websites or they're sharing on social media or things like that. But yeah, it's an example would be creating really good content and getting picked up by one of the major news networks and getting a backlink from a really well-established newspaper or media outlet. That in itself would mean that your rankings would steadily increase quite a lot just from a single backlink. That's very interesting. So it's really something that you still need to, or especially need to consider to to get those backlinks for your articles, for your content. Exactly. 
And from there, you get to the product. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I realized that for an e-commerce store, let's say you have thousands of products that, that you're selling, depending on the size, or you might be a niche brand where you're only selling a handful. I realized that it's, it's quite difficult to get or create content that is, is worthy of such backlinks. So I think that's where a good marketing strategy would come in. Like, how can your brand solve a problem for somebody? And I think once you figure that out, then you can start molding and crafting the content that would play into that, that you could have blog articles, you could have YouTube videos, you could have all sorts of different engaging media that would then start to, to create this network of backlinks that could potentially come in for this great content. Yeah. It, there, there is something on it that I really like, and I've seen it in life and in real life as well. A few years ago, I had a customer who has was selling coconut oil. So the coconut oil was very, oh, yeah. very, it was a product that, that worked for some time very good. And they just did a blog with articles on whatever you could do with coconut oil, yeah? for the hair, for the skin, for cooking, and what else they wrote about that. And they put the products on Amazon, nothing but that, to sell it via Amazon, FBM. And they just linked to these Amazon products from the blog. And beside the fact that they were doing this, they also used the affiliate links of them. So double income for selling those goods. It was all about content and search engine optimization, nothing else. It's really content, search engine optimization, no ads at all, and it worked fine. That's great, yeah. And that, that's quite interesting to, to hear that they were linking directly to Amazon. And I suppose they probably said, look, if we can get the, the affiliate commission, it's worth linking back to Amazon instead of our own website. And paying the commission. And what else they had is, of course, the trust factor. In my, when you have a product on Amazon, the trust is already there. Yeah. It's not that you need to build trust on your very own web shop later on. You have the trust. So all you need to do is focus on the content. It can look however it would, you would want to look it like, and you can sell on any other channel. Yeah, That's also an interesting setup, and it worked. When you are running marketing campaigns for you, your customers, your stores, you also consider email as an important marketing factor. Tell me a bit more about the email marketing part. Yeah, email marketing, that should absolutely be part of your marketing mix. And just because you can get so clever and so powerful with automations and drip series and follow-up campaigns and all of that. So this is the nice thing with an e-commerce website is you have a lot of you have a lot of data coming in. So you can create entire lists of of segmented customers where you can have all of these data points that that tell Active Campaign or MailChimp or Clavio, whatever system that you use, you can retrieve all of that information and start creating automations around all of the data points that that you have for your customers. And I think that's where it makes it incredibly powerful when you have all of this 360 degree look on your customers and you know how much they're ordering, how many times they come back to your store, how many repeat orders they're doing, the average order value for each customer. Like you have a wealth of, of, of knowledge and information and creating automations around that is super, super powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Automation is anyway key factor for success. The more you automate the more time you save and the more you can grow. That's great. Absolutely, yeah. Are there any common mistakes that you have seen so far that e-commerce businesses, they always do and frequently do and that simply do not work in the marketing? 
Yeah, I think it might be these campaigns where you set it up and then you set it and forget it type thing where you don't look in on your campaigns, you don't optimize, you're not seeing how it's working. I suppose that would be probably the most costly mistake that I see. And that's where e-commerce marketing professionals and consultants, their bread and butter, where they come in and say, you've done a good job until now, but let's get these campaigns profitable and actually working for you. Um, But it doesn't always have to be that way. I think as a business owner, if you just educate yourself just a bit more, maybe take a couple of courses, maybe read a few more books, or even some of the, the help that Google provides, it can give you quite, I mean, you can learn almost... 60, 70% of what the professionals learn just by taking or know just by taking some of these courses and understanding a bit more about how it all works and how you can optimize it and how you can really squeeze out the most from these campaigns. I would say, yeah, Yeah. don't set it and forget it. Get in there, get your hands dirty, learn more about it and just upskill and find out what you could do differently for a campaign and try and get the most. And if it doesn't work for you, then possibly get a pro to come in and help you. Yeah, I need to agree. There are a lot of things you can learn, especially it's important if you engage a professional that you at least know if the professional is good enough for doing a good job and measure and set up those things correctly. So that at least at this point, you might want to be able to understand the numbers behind the online marketing and search engine optimization campaigns, what is important and what not. Who has learned, this is the last question for the day, who has learned you the most about online marketing and e-commerce in your career? I would say, I'm not sure if you could call them like the grandfathers of e-commerce because they're still really young guys, but I would have to say that Russell Brunson and (laughs) Tanner Larson are two sort of heavyweights that they just changed my whole view on what is possible with all of their upselling and marketing funnels and all of that. So I would say their ebooks.com evolved or e-commerce evolved. And I think it's the, the dot com blueprint. Those are two titles that are just, I think they're still 10 years old in in they were made quite a long time ago but they are still relevant today like just that concept that they have in there the frameworks that they talk about it's just game changing absolutely so i really can recommend those guys they are in the market very long still young you're absolutely right but they have amazing ideas you may love it or not yeah but they sell they sell like hell and this is maybe what's counting on exactly yeah they walk the walk And they talk the talk. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks so much, James. It was really a pleasure talking to you, learning a bit. This was really a bit, guys. It's not much. We had a few topics about search engine optimization, search engine marketing, and email marketing. But we could talk hours about each of those topics. Important thing is get doing it. Start doing those facts on your stores and try to get a bit more of the traffic piece. Absolutely, yeah. And as you said, there, we discussed a couple of topics and there's so many more. Automation is uh, is a huge one. Yeah, I'd love to come back and maybe we can talk about automation. Yeah, and entire day just automation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, James. It was really a pleasure. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thank, Thank you so soon. much, Norbert. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. 
If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for EcomOps Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.